0: Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement Monday show. I'm in an awkward haircut phase. There's nothing I can do about it. I was told today by a friend that I look like Guile from Street Fighter, which probably he thought was a compliment, but that's not really what I'm going for. I cut my hair really short to play Howie Long on Halloween. And I do mean play Howie Long, not dress up as. I try to embody the character. Really went for it. Full commitment. And that was, what, over over a month ago, five weeks ago? And now it's in this weird, awkward phase where I look like Frankenstein. It doesn't look like Guile from Street Fighter. That I would take. That sweet kick that he would do in those camo pants. I can't get there. You know what you need when you have a bad haircut? A hat. And we are now one day into... Um, my inability to get Brian Robinson's hat. I want this hat and I need this hat. I've asked everybody I know for this hat. I will continue to count down the days in my life that I don't have this hat. Today is day one without the hat. Brian, I want that hat. Whoever your friend is who runs the big hat company, I want it. The Commanders, I want it. Omaha Productions, I want it. Producer Michael Flynn, I want that hat and I will continue to count the days until I have that hat. I have a huge head like a seven and seven eighths hat. That hat will probably still be snug on me, but at least it will finally fit me. I want the Brian Robinson hat. I also want to share with you so many things today. I'm going to tell you who's going to play in the NFC title game this next January, January 2023. I got it. I've been waiting weeks, months. We've been watching the games, watching, assessing, analyzing. I know who's going to play in the NFC title game. AFC? No idea. NFC? I got it there's um a lot that a mascot has to do for me at my age in this era for me to really catch for it to catch my attention and the jaguars mascot we saw him yesterday on the sideline really great jags win and he was this get up and his outfit and his gyrations they're great and then you go into the deep dive on jackson deville i love this person i love this jaguar love it absolutely love it we're going to talk about that and we got a bite fight today we took three people together we put them in the ring and we'd drive them around like in the back of a, uh, well, like a truck like the Jack guys, guys used to do. They would put guys in the truck on roller skates and drive around and just have them fight. Um, that's what the fight fight's going to be. Three combatants enter, one leaves. And that's what we're going to do today. We're also going to go to the sky cam. Let's see if I can start off on a good note here from the free throw line. Help me, Ben Wallace. Help me, Ben Wallace. Give me some arc on this shot. No, 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 not at all. Boom! Um, by free throw percentage right around 40%. But my uh, intensity percentage, 100%, bring the energy every show, especially when it comes to what I love, what I hate and what's hilarious. Let's go. I got it. I think I got it figured out. The NFC has been just this enigma for three, almost four months now, this vanilla, top-heavy, meandering conference that is the unloved child next to the honor student that is the AFC. And back when it was prediction season, back in August, and everyone's picking their NFC champion, their NFC playoff teams, it was all over the map. I mean, I had some hits. I had some whiffs. I thought the Carolina Panthers were going to win the NFC South, which, by the way, is still not a done deal. Might still be right. Um, I had some outlandishly bad things. we all did. That's part of prediction season. We may have fun of it, have fun with it here. You make fun of it nationally, wherever you want. It's part of why you make their prediction, just so you can say, ha ha, that sucked, but I got it now. And I think that in January, in seven, eight, nine weeks time when we get together for the NFC title game, I think I know who it's going to be. I think it'll be the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the NFC title game against the San Francisco 49ers. That's it. Niners, Eagles. I'm set. I feel solid i feel like i can put myself out there on this camera and this microphone and stake my reputation my credibility on the niners flying across the country to philadelphia pennsylvania lincoln financial field to play the eagles in the nfc title game for a trip to the super bowl now vikings fans maybe you're furious about this i love you you know i love you you have a very good team you'll be there in the playoffs i don't believe right now you'll be in the title game cowboys fans you haven't been in the title game since 1995 i was just getting my learner's permit so and that's not going to end this year And then your other, like, kind of weird teams out there. Commanders, Giants, Buccaneers, what the hell are you? Um, Seahawks, it's all kind of falling apart. Certainly not the Packers. Who else do you feel great about? You probably feel great about the Eagles. You know, last night, the defense didn't didn't do that great, but they ran for, like, 363 yards. It was incredible, really amazing performance. The Eagles, they just have everything. They have star players, they have role players, they have old guys, they have young guys, they have the quarterback, they have the kicker, they have the coach they rally behind, they just got it all. I don't see a lot that's missing about the Philadelphia Eagles. And they add people, just casual household names like Linval Joseph and Adamic and Sue as an afterthought at Thanksgiving because man, maybe we'll need them. It's just it's it's a complete team, and the only question really going into the season, and with what Howie Roseman built, and with the AJ Brown and all the the linemen, the D linemen, defensive back, can can Jalen Hurts play? I'm not so sure about him. Looked really shaky in that playoff loss last, last year. He's pretty inexperienced. You'd like a guy with a little bit more veteran experience with this kind of roster. Can he play? Yeah, he can play. He might play as way well, the MVP. You're in for 100 yards in the first quarter of a football game at quarterback. A quarterback against the Packers who are allegedly this defensively talented team and they've downed some guys, but that was awful. I feel the Philadelphia Eagles, whether you love them or not, who do you love more in the NFC? Are you that into the Vikings? I like the Vikings. Are you that into the Cowboys? There's nobody else that you could be possibly that into in the NFC except maybe the 49ers. I love the 49ers. That stat, have you seen this? that they have gone five straight games without giving up a single bleeping point in the second half. That is awesome. Awesome. They don't get scored on in the second half. So either they go in the locker room and talk about it, or they just don't get tired, or they just get mad in the third and fourth quarters, and they just rock people. And it was the best yesterday because the Saints were in the red zone with the Andy Dalton Saints team, the Zombie Saints. And he throws it to Kamara, and Kamara's going to score. Kamara has not had a great season, but that dude has a nose for the end zone. He knows how to score. And they hold him up, and he's going to get into the one, break the plane from the one-yard line. He's going to score, and he's going to break the shutout. And then, boom, Telenoa Hufunga knocks the ball out with this big old, like, 1980s NFL-style hit. The Niners recover. They celebrate. Goose egg. Zilch. They said, it's not enough that we've been shutting people out in the second half. We're going to shut you out in both halves. I love the Niners. I love them so much. I think they're still figuring themselves out. I don't care about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's fine. He's fine. Put the pieces around him. He can win. I don't know if he can win the Super Bowl. I don't know if he can win the title game. I know he can get to one, though. I know it. Niners, Eagles. Tell me I'm wrong. Who do you like? Oh, how are you forgetting this team? Come on, Cowboys, stop it. I've gone around the conference already. I'm not doing that again i love it and i have clarity and i can see it and i like the niners too because they're not going to be some team that's up and coming that's going to be intimidated by the philadelphia Knight or this talented team or the crowd or the fans san francisco is afraid of nothing they've been there they got the vets they got the super bowl experience they have the title game experience old dudes and i old in the sense that they're experienced and gristled and tested they'll walk right in there and own that place like they did lambeau field last year if they want or maybe Philly's too good, maybe Philly's too talented, but I think it's gonna be there. San Francisco at Philadelphia, Shanahan v. Sirianni, Garoppolo v. Uh, Hertz. You got all kinds of things. Trent Williams versus Lane Johnson. A Lot of good players. Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Now I'm just naming their rosters. I'm just listing players. That's how excited I am about this because I wanna see this game, we gotta wait. Now, my, my prediction is subject to only one asterisk, and that's if there's a massive injury. But that's all predictions. You know, the guy loses their starting quarterback, and he's out fine. It's, that's all in the fine print down at the bottom of the car commercial with the sweepstakes. But until then, Niners, Eagles, will play it back. I feel very good about it. Don't you? Don't Doesn't that just feel right? I think it does. It's kind of what I love. Let's talk about what I hate, though. Another thing from the NFC. Let's go. I hate the thought of the Packers just tossing the ball to Jordan Love and saying, you're up, kid. Go get it. I hate the thought of them tossing the keys to the car of the crappy Green Bay Packers season to Jordan Love and saying, go on. Rodgers, Aaron's done. Take it over. Let's see what you got. Let me get into this for a bunch of reasons. So Rodgers is banged up. We know about his broken finger. We know about his oblique or ribs or cartilage or whatever the hell it is. It looks horrible. All right. If Rodgers can't can't go, then he can't go. Fine. You play Love. It's not about that i'm seeing the take i'm hearing the take from across the table on good morning football this morning it's time even if aaron gets medically cleared you put jordan love in stop it no you don't no you don't for a bunch of reasons a bunch of reasons mathematical elimination is what you are looking for to put jordan love in maybe it's just me maybe i'm sick maybe i'm addicted I I am physically and psychologically unable to give up on the Green Bay Packers as long as they are not mathematically eliminated. Now, they're really bad. They have a worse record than the Jaguars. They have a worse record than the Raiders. It's not pretty. They can pretty much never win a game. And yet, what game do they win every time? What game do they always win? Packers at Chicago. Aaron Rodgers, I own you all my bleeping life. I still own you. That's just a fact. There was no recourse for Bears fans when he said that because it was true. Packers at Bears this weekend, all right? If Rodgers can go, and I mean he can get out there and throw it at all, you put him in, you win that game, you get to five and eight, and then you get on a big old fat bye week. You take two weeks off, Aaron sits around, does nothing, reads philosophy, watches movies, whatever the hell he does, drinks his tea, fine. You get right, then you play the terrible, terrible Rams terrible bottom five team in the entire league right now maybe bottom three the rams can do nothing you beat the bears you beat the rams and then you got something going and you got to win three more games and you go to the playoffs now listen it's a big ask i understand they got to play the dolphins they got to play the vikings vikings i'm not as worried about and then they got to play the lions ditto and I understand, they've lost the both those teams, I don't care. If you give me week 17, week 18, Rodgers on a mission, I have to win these last two games and we're in the playoffs in the most improbable way of my career and this is my kind of walk off, let me decide that. This is not the time to take the Jordan Love thing for a test drive because you drafted him a few years ago when you shouldn't have, I hate it. Let Rodgers go to Chicago where he owns them and then go to the bye and then we'll see where we sit. You're saying, well, you know, put him out there against Chicago. That's the new thing now. Everyone's testing out their young quarterback against the Bears. Let's see if Love can do against the Bears what Mike White did. Stop that. It's not time for that. Mike White needed to play because Zach Wilson sucked. That's why they put him in, not to see what he has. If There's there's a time to see what Jordan Love has. Don't get me wrong. There's value in that. It is after a mathematical elimination. We're in week 13. We got time for Jordan Love. He can start the last three, four games of the season. If you go to Chicago and lose to Trevor Simeon, then you can put in Jordan Love after a nice fat bye week where he can prepare for the Rams and Rodgers can sit on the bench and pretend he's happy for him, OK? But not now. The other thing, I, I, I am, I, the, the coronation of Jordan Love based on his performance last night is preposterous. Preposterous. Most of the coronation, maybe all of it, has to do with statistics and a few optics, mostly the statistics. You didn't watch the game, or you're trying to sell that he should play, you pull up the stats. Look at these yards that he threw for. He threw for a touchdown. Did you watch the play that he threw a touchdown on? It was it's like this dump over the middle to this huge 6'3, 6'4 rookie Christian Watson, who caught it and then hit the jets like Bo Jackson against Seattle down the sideline and had this amazing individual performance that was on him that play. We want to pretend like the Jordan Love to Christian Watson throw was Eli Manning to Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl. It was not. If anything, it reminded me of Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas in the playoffs, where it's like, oh my God, Tim Tebow's making miracles. No, Tebow pushed past this, this basic pattern across the middle, and then Demarius Thomas, may he rest in peace, made this superhuman effort and stiff to Ike Taylor, and you're like, he made the play? But then you go to Tebow and he's Tebowing, everyone's freaking out. There's a little bit of that going on with Jordan Love right now where like, he came in, it's fine. He was okay, he wasn't bad at all, he was good. And I'm happy for Jordan Love and he's earned this and he deserves this and I'm not anti Jordan Love. It's just not time for Jordan Love. Don't do that and don't exaggerate or recreate what we saw from Jordan Love against Philadelphia. A high school quarterback could have thrown that pass. It was not some amazing display of accuracy or arm strength or acumen. It was just you hit the guy across the middle, and then the guy did something incredible to make it into a touchdown, which would bolster Jordan Love's stats, and he hit a few other passes. God bless him, he should. He's a first-round pick. He's been sitting around for three years. Of course he should hit some passes. But it's not like, well, we gotta get Love in now. No, you don't. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you idiots. (laughs) You're talking about Rodgers. You give him a shot. Rodgers and Love, they put up 33 points last night on maybe the best team in all of football. Rodgers was chucking touchdown passes. He had a great one to Cobb. He had a great one to Jones off balance. Yeah, he threw some picks. He's not great right now. It's not MVP Rodgers. But it is better than Jordan Love Rodgers, and it is definitely beat the Bears and then go on a bye week and beat the Rams and see where we sit, Rodgers. Do not abandon ship. I was driving around right now. I was listening to the radio, and some guy talked football. I was like, you know, the Packers really have themselves a dilemma. No, they don't. One guy is, is, a, is a guy who's never played much at all and threw a couple passes in, a, in a, a shootout against the Eagles, and the other one is the best passer ever, ever. If the doctor say yeah, Aaron could play, and Aaron's like, yeah, I can play, you play him. That's it. Stop it. Enough. Next, what's hilarious. So Jacksonville had a really cool day yesterday, and it's, I mean, how many times have I talked Jacksonville on the show? You just don't do it, unless they really matter or really cut through or really have some sort of thing. It's market 32 out of 32. They've had this flat, bizarre season where Trevor Lawrence has not done much. They have the number one overall pick in the draft, hasn't done much, Trayvon. Like, it's just, they don't have any buzz. You don't want to hear about the Jags. I don't want to hear about the Jags. And no disrespect to the Jags, it's just like, that's who you are. You were in the title game a few years ago, and then it's just been a disaster ever since. They're in the program twice today, and here in the first part it's because of Jackson DeVille. Just bring up the picture. Jackson DeVille, did you hear what I said? This is a grown man wearing a Jaguar costume. Oh my god, look at the picture! <laughs> I have not seen this picture yet. It's so peculiar, isn't it? It's so odd seeing this giant fake head and this normal human body. You don't see that. Like, you don't see the mascot head with the spandex body. It, it, like, they don't do that at Disney World or Disneyland or any NFL field or any high school field for that matter. It's immediately jarring seeing the contrast here. And then the fact that he went with this bikini briefs with the stars and stripes on it, it's just so unbelievably striking. And it was so funny because. This guy's working it too. He's not just doing the outfit. Like, it was reminding me of, of, of Borat in the Mankini, that type of thing, going to the beach. Very nice. High five. All that stuff we used to talk about years ago. It's just such a funny, bizarre image. And then also, the back angle of it, like, those things are cut up. Like, it is a full thong. There's some rear shots of Jackson DeVille, and it's way the hell up there so it was somehow okay with he the guy the performer it's not a real jaguar it's a person inside there and the team and whoever is his boss the stadium operations or fan interaction whatever they're like yeah you look great and terry or whatever his name is get on out there this definitely passes and he ran out there and it wasn't like at halftime they're like hey you know terry we're they're kind of blown up on social it might be a little I don't know it's inappropriate, it's just, it's just a little much. Why don't we put on a pair of board shorts over it or something, or why don't you just put on your conventional Jaguar costume? No, they rode this thing up for the whole game. And then the Jag scored a touchdown, he's in there like hip thrusting and just really selling him. So you might think like, why are you talking about a mascot? There's other stuff to talk about. First of all, it's what's hilarious, and that is hilarious, and not nearly as hilarious as Jackson DeVille's history. Because if you put all the 32 mascots together, And I can't, I mean, how many mascots in the NFL? I'm not talking about like Herbie Husker or Bucky Badger or any of those ones in college. I'm talking about NFL mascots. How many of them can you name by name? Uh, I know know Staley the Bear. He is the Bears mascot, his name's Staley. And Swoop is the Eagles mascot. And I could probably come up with a few others, but it's not like a household thing. Jackson is the bad boy or bad girl. I don't know what's under there, looks like a guy. Uh, like the the bad dude, the bad, the villain, the mischief maker, the clown prince of the mascots. Can we just get quickly into his bio, Jackson DeVille? All right. (laughs) I thought he's got the finger up, like he's Joe Namath. He just won the Super Bowl. Jackson DeVille debuted in 96. There was a warm-up year for the Jags as a franchise. They came out in 95. Tom Coughlin, you remember it. Jackson DeVille came out a year later. They're like, we need a little spice down here in Florida. came up with Jackson. Just a few years in his existence in 1998, (laughs) this this happened. Jaguar Steelers, picture it. This guy, Jackson DeVille, brought a life-sized stuffed doll, like a dummy, of Cordell Stewart onto the field. Now they're playing the the, the Steelers, Cordell's a huge deal at the time, Slash and all that. He takes the dummy of, of Cordell Stewart and stomps on it directly next to the Steelers huddle, like he's lucky he didn't get beat down. That <laughs> was amazing that he did that. Um, later in the game, he wasn't done. That you think that would be the stunt for the day? No. Later in the game, Jacksonville took a terrible towel and wiped his uh, armpits with it, and also some areas of his uh, his bathing suit area area. Uh, and wiped it with a terrible towel. Just fully like offensive, not PG-rated at all. Like he's out, he's not out there for the kids. Like, this is an adult mascot. Bill Cower was so insulted, he says, it's been banked in my mind. Bill Cower got that jaw going in that spittle. You think that's it? In the 2000, the NFL owners' meetings, think about this. They get together in Florida or in the desert somewhere, and it's these 32, 31 billionaires. They had a mascot conduct panel at the owner's meetings. They don't have enough to talk about back in 2000, you know, the salary cap and what to do about these, these head issues and just free agency, all these revenue sharing, stadiums. They're talking about these guys. They had, this is the, listen to this. They had a mascot conduct panel to discuss how to keep mascots from being too disruptive. And there was a 10 minute mascot video played for the owners. Think about it, this is Robert Kraft was sitting there, Jerry Jones, Jim Irsay, like all of them. In the 10 minute mascot video, nine and a half minutes where Jackson DeVille. <laughs> My man, high five, I'm proud of you. I started the show by saying I want Brian Robinson's hat. Can anybody find that 10 minute mascot conduct video that was shown to the billionaires in 2000? I really would like to watch that. Next 2007 Jackson Deville spent a Jaguars game inside a cage <laughs> after Colts president Bill Polian complained about him early in the year. Imagine that its like they weren't worried about Maurice Jones Drew or Fred Taylor or Tony Baselli like that Jackson Deville is out of control. caged that kid and he was caged. Um, 2009 you might remember this he got stuck above the field for three minutes after he was coming down on the zip line came down the zip line and couldn't get untethered. He was supposed to bungee jump or something, had got stuck up there. 2010, ziplined zip off the top of the stadium and tackled someone wearing a Tim Tebow jersey. They were playing the Broncos, Tebow mania, just straight up destroyed the guy. You can find it on YouTube. Keep going, this is Jacksonville's greatest hits. 2014, now this is nuts. The Ebola crisis, you're seeing The evening news start, and Anderson Cooper's talking about Ebola, right? People are dying. It's like this supposed to be this terrible, terrible thing that eats you alive, and people are, we're all terrified of it. Not this guy. He held a sign against the Steelers, again, with the terrible towel. That's one of his favorite punchlines. He said, towels carry Ebola. I mean, again, someone said like, yeah, Jackson, that's great. Run out there in front of the kids and pulled up the Ebola sign. Unbelievable. It really happened. 2020, he was a mascot Hall of Fame finalist. Somehow didn't get in. Blue, the Colts mascot, who's also funny. Boomer, the Pacers mascot, the Orioles mascot, and then the Expos mascot, Yuppie. They got in before him? That's ridiculous. That's like, I think they keep him out because he's the bad boy. Like Howard Stern isn't in the Radio Hall of Fame. Like, it's beneath him. I think he's above the Hall of Fame. And then, um, guess this guy, Curtis Dvorak, played Jacksonville. Again, that's not a real Jaguar. There's a person in there for almost 20 years. Apparently, according to our research, married a Jaguars cheerleader. Of course he did. Just wait. How could you not want to marry something that looks like that? Married a Jaguars cheerleader in 05. Melanie McAllister had to leave the Jaguars cheerleading squad because there were rules against fraternization between cheerleaders and apparently all staff. I've heard about that between the players, but this guy, that's the player right there. That's the player you want to watch out for. Can you imagine? Do they incorporate the mascot costume? Never mind. I just... This guy, and here's the problem. He made such a big splash this past weekend, and the Jaguars won. I want to watch Jacksonville next week. I'm into it. Jacksonville's out of town for two straight weeks, meaning that I think their next home game is three weeks from now against the Cowboys. Big deal. I feel like I'm going to be watching him. You're going to be watching Dak. You're going to be watching CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, this guy right here, my guy. Um, I love Jackson DeVille. That was a great display. If you didn't see his gyrations, you've seen him online anywhere. That's what's hilarious, but let's move on because it's time for a little competition. I'm just gonna sit here with Jackson next to me. It's time for a little competition. Look at the beautiful symmetry between the ultimate warrior with his hand up and Jackson DeVille. It's almost like you know, the, like the painting with like God touching the finger, the David or Michelangelo, whatever the hell it is. I absolutely love it. I like standing here. I feel powerful between these two. Let's do bite fights. Go ahead, roll it. Let's go, come on. Lions, tigers, and tailgates, oh my! College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich Smoked Sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh yeah. Sound waves, boxing ring, microphones. Bite fight, we play three sound bites from guys around the league. I'm gonna decide which is the bite to rule them all. Three bites, enter. One bite wins, let's go. Um, up first, Jalen Hurts. Mm. Now I have not previewed these, I've not seen these. I will experience them with you for the first time. If you'd like to voice who should win the bite fight, tweet kb basement. Uh, Jalen Hurts, after the win last night, with an analogy for the Eagles' offense. Go ahead, Jalen. For us as a,
1: a football team, as an offense, it's like your favorite steakhouse, your favorite restaurant, five-star, mm-hmm. bougie mm-hmm. restaurants you like to go to. You know, you have your steak of the day, your selection of the day, your the chef's sh- selection. You know, I feel like for us, we can kinda do, you know, do it all as, you know, we, we have to, you know, I, I think we do, we do everything at a pretty consistent basis. That's what we strive for. And I think we've done that at moments this, this year,
0: and I think that's our standard. <laughs> Everybody's got a metaphor these days, don't they? You have to do it. I have them all the time. And I get, you know, sometimes I get a little bit frustrated because now coming up with a metaphor is like, oh my God, an eye rolling metaphor. Colin Cowher takes all kinds of crap for that online, That he's always doing these metaphors. I like metaphors. I wish I could have helped Jalen a little bit. I don't think he completely landed the plane on that metaphor, and I respect it. After the game, he says like going to your favorite fancy steakhouse, and they have the chef's selection. I think, well, I guess that's his, the chef's selection is, I guess, his way of saying that's the coach's selection for that day. I think maybe I would have expanded it. it's like a menu that um you can have so m- you can only have so many different things on your plate you can't fit everything on your plate and that the receivers are like the side items and the running game is like the steak and then the offensive linemen they're like the bread basket and then the coach is like the server and the gm is like the maitre d because they're the ones who put you at the table and the stadium is like the re- like you could just keep on going um it it didn't quite land and i jalen hurts is very cool he plays cool he talks cool he looks cool everything about him i really (laughs) like the chef selection i wish i could have asked a follow-up question about how the chef selection was cooked if you want to expand like the the metaphor is only as good as, as as deeply you go and they start to get really good when you start to just get absolutely preposterous with it um he could have gotten into Howie Roseman is the guy picking up the bill at the end, or maybe actually Howie Roseman is the chef back in the kitchen who is cooking the food. And like, you just gotta keep going. You can't just say the chef's selection. And I respect that he tried it. He just played four quarters of a football game, a tough game, but that's entry number one. Strong, I like a metaphor, especially from a star quarterback. Who's gonna step in next? Ah, you want another quarterback? Here we go, Tyler Murray. Cardinals lost. If you lose at the end of a tight game to the Chargers, you're having a tough time. Kyler Murray was asked if the fourth and one play that he was intercepted on was designed for DeAndre Hopkins. Go ahead.
1: Um, No, it wasn't wasn't for Hopkins, actually. Um, Schematically, I mean, they kind of, we we were kind of
0: All right. <laughs> if you didn't catch that, we said no. No, that wasn't designed for hop. Uh, schematically, we were kind of bleeped. Just a full F-bomb as one would as it rounds into December. And the season's been a total disaster. And uh, your only real feel-good win over the last couple of months was the Colt McCoy win a few weeks ago. Um, rough. <laughs> Man, you know. Kyler is just so talented, and I've said this before, I think he might be the best athlete in the NFL, generally across the board. I actually do mean that with his fast as he is and arm talent, you know, all the baseball stuff. If I was him, if I was him, if I was on his team, he needs a a lot of work in body language, and he needs a lot of work in the media. And he's always been very curious with the media, but if his life would be so much easier if he could just choose different sound bites and just try to spin a little more positive, or uh, honestly, even before he even speaks, the body language, you just watch him and he just looks like he's, oh, it's such a drag. And I get the season is bad, but I see a lot of his other teammates and they don't look the same way. I'm watching this Hard Knocks in season with HBO. Holy crap. Have you seen this thing? It is like, the documentary of a car accident, frame by frame, every single week. They try the Cardinals, like, Cardinals seem like a good fit. Star players, interesting coach, looks like the season they're really gonna take a jump. Let's go with the Cardinals, and it's been not. They've jumped. they jumped off a cliff, and no pun intended, cliff with a K. And I've watched it, and they just, they try with the Lee of Schreiber, and they try with the editing to make it seem sort of positive, and, Once they got crushed by the Niners in Mexico, and it's all these clips of Cliff being like, you know, let's stay up, guys. Let's stay positive. You know, this happens. This happens. And I I totally get it. But Kyler doesn't contribute to that at all. Just kind of walks off. What's the word? Like skulks off, skulking off. And just what is the vibe in that building? Like when he and Cliff pass each other in the hallway, or like one's going to go get a Caesar wrap, and one of them's going to go get a you know a Gatorade like are they like what's up man how you doing like what's going on how's your night what would you do how you feeling or is it just head down like is it just, it just it seems to be there's no joy no chemistry like you don't need to say after a bad loss schematically we were just bleeped it's so blunt <laughs> and I guess maybe you're trying to do that intentionally my thought on that is that like that is a shot at the coach, at the scheme, at the schematics that you're talking about, that it was totally screwed, it was totally bleeped. And like that's like saying, yeah, well, we were out coached. You can't say that. Disaster. And you know what the crazy part is? Kyler's under contract, and Cliff's under contract. Big ones, not not ones that are going to end soon. Steve Kime, the GM, same deal. And um, you can't just run it. You can't run these three back next year. What a miserable team, what a miserable soundbite. If the competition of Bite Fight was who has the worst soundbite, Kyler Murray would get his first win in a long, long time. But as it's still, he might get another loss. But we have one more, hold on. All right, this is great. So you have two star quarterbacks, naturally. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and... Jacksonville Jaguars safety, Andrew Wingard. I don't know how to say his name. I've, I've followed this guy for years. Andrew Wingard, Wingard, Wingard was happy for his quarterback. Before I get to this c- context, about two years ago, I'm at JFK, and I'm about to get on a flight. I think I was going home to Chicago. And this large, rather large man comes up to me and says, oh, good morning, football. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? He goes, you know, my son plays for the Jaguars. I go, he does? The Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, he does. Uh, Andrew Wingard, he's a safety for the Jaguars. And I go, wait a second, I know who that guy is. He's got really long hair. Yep, yep, that's my son. And then we started talking, he's from Wyoming. Teammates with Josh Allen in college. He's a Wyoming cowboy. So I always kind of follow him in Garden. He looks funny out on the on the field. He's this guy, he looks like he's the bassist in Tesla or something. He's just like a like a hair metal rocker. And he's around and makes plays, and he's always around the football. So they sat next to him, they talked to them after the win in his locker. And welcome to Bite Fight. JAG safety Andrew Wingard who had all kinds of things to say after the win. Go ahead. I'm just like so happy for Trevor because A, he had to deal with Urban Meyer last year as a rookie. And I don't even know if he had a rookie year. And to see the growth he's made, not just on the field, but just like his preparation, his demeanor, all that. And you knew he's, you know, when the rock breaks, it's not that one chip. It's all the chips that stacked up before that. Oh, I'm so happy for him. That throw on fourth down to Zay was like, I knew we were winning the game, honestly. Like, I could feel it. It was so cool.
1: And then you believed in your coach all that year, and for him to go for yeah. two, what, what was that like when he
0: does it? The stones on that guy, it's like, I would die for <laughs> Doug Peterson, I swear. <laughs> I would run into battle with Doug Peterson, 100%. Wow. I love the guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you would die for him? Andrew, you've played with him for three months. You've probably only known him for six months. I don't take it away from you though. Listen, if you feel that strongly about Doug Peterson I think you feel equally strongly about Urban Meyer. That was great from start to finish. He didn't even like have a rookie year. Uh, Like I just feel so happy for Trevor. He like didn't even have a rookie year like playing for Urban Meyer. He was there for Urban Meyer. This is not a guy who joined the team this year. He was there last year. He's been there before Urban Meyer and after Urban Meyer. That was just such a quick dismissive backhand to to Urban Meyer, who will probably be the next Ohio State head coach after what happened this weekend. Urban Meyer, ugh. But I love that he hit him like that. This is a guy from Wyoming, a safety, a guy who works really hard, like salt of the earth, just backhanding Urban Meyer. And then they go to Doug Peterson, ugh, the stones on that guy. I'm already in love after those two. But then, you know, you want to hype up your coach after a win. You really needed it in Jacksonville, and it's front of the home crowd. The mascot was having a day. You beat a team that matters in Baltimore, and you want to give your coach a compliment. He's awesome. I he's a great leader. You know, I I would I would follow him anywhere. He just straight up says, I'd die for Doug Peterson. Wow. That's really, really going there. You would die for him? Like Doug Peterson could get hit by a truck. You would push him out of the way and get hit yourself? I believe it. I believe every word of it. And I believe this in a runaway. Oh no, wait, wrong sound. Hold on. There we go. I hit the spooky sound. <laughs> um in a runaway, Andrew Wingard wins bite fight. Kyler Murray, not a chance. Jalen Hurts, still working on the metaphor. Andrew Wingard wins bite fight. I hope he w- it be- this becomes a dynasty. I want to hear from that man after every single Jaguars win. I hope there's more. But I like him. I like the mascot. Jacksonville's having a day. I don't know if that's good for the show, but I feel good about it. Let's, you know who's always having a day? The guy who keeps us aware of all the headlines in a segment we call Brandt Awareness. Here's Michael Flynn. Let's go. There he is. I would die for Michael Flynn. I would die for him. How are you doing, Flynn? I'm doing well. (laughs) How about yourself? (laughs) Excellent. We find you today in the kitchen. We never know where we're going to find you in the stately Flynn Manor, but we also know that you have headlines. And uh, tell us, what do you got?
1: I do. Before we get into that, I got to say, mm-hmm. I jinxed you. We always are impressed when you have uh, successful uh, technical things on your side. And I said yesterday before the show that it's great that you've never messed up the sound pad, it's never been an issue for you. You always know <laughs> what button to hit, and there are like 50 buttons on that thing. Yesterday, you couldn't find a sound effect, and you just hit the wrong one there.
0: You know what the right one is, though, for that sentiment that you just shared with me, like this. It goes like this. <laughs> you, you should see the soundboard here, everybody. It's a combination of like really cheesy stock sound effects, like this one, or this one, and then there's just this huge collection of um, like dumbass Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes, like this one. Sub zero. (laughs) (laughs) Now, plain zero. I'll never hit the wrong one again. But we do like the scary sound effect, and that's how sometimes we feel when we don't know where we're going to find you in your house. So, that's our that's our basement soundboard. I operate it by myself like a true professional. I finally hit the wrong button, so you jinxed me. But I'll start a new streak now. That's okay.
1: Let's get into the headlines. Uh, exciting All one right. for the Jets yesterday at MedLife Stadium. <laughs> but <laughs> that was perhaps nothing compared to the fireworks <laughs> after the game. Do we have fireworks on that sound pad? I don't think we do.
0: I'll look for some.
1: OK. Uh, a youth football game had to be stopped and then ended early. <laughs> That's the early. What story. happened to the youth football game? Parents started fist fighting in the stands, then players started fighting on the field, then the coaches started going at it and had to be separated by security, then the game was ended. Mm. Kyle, I know you coach flag football. Can you imagine a game leading to a situation like this?
0: The answer here is supposed to be no, but the answer is yes. It gets weird. Um, I, I don't condone it, and I, wouldn't, I hopefully never do it. The emotions come out of nowhere, and they come stronger than you think they're going to come. By that I mean, I have watched, for my um, last 20 years, I've watched people online on eBombs world or YouTube punching each other in the stands or at kids games and I think like everybody does, what pathetic scum. How could you possibly do that? And now that my kids are getting a little older, I mean a little bit, you know, Calvin's gonna be nine this weekend and that doesn't seem old but the athleticism is starting to show up and the adults are getting a little more serious about things. And what happens is you get to these games and everyone's pulling really hard for their kids and they want their kids to build self-confidence and understand winning and accomplishment and they want their kid to catch the pass and you know, go to the ice cream afterwards and feel good about themselves. And if they feel like A referee took a moment from their kid that is gonna help the kid build the self-confidence they get pissed and this rage comes out of them and and I'm not saying me I have seen it in other parents though seemingly reasonable other parents or if they think that the other coaches on the other team are doing something that is over the line that is gonna make their kids feel bad or embarrass their kids they get really protective and that protectiveness usually manifests in <sighs> aggression and some guys don't have the self-control to not chirp at the other coaches at an eight-year-old's baseball game. I've seen it. I've seen people in my town, which is just, you know, every town in USA is just a suburb and outside of New York. I've seen coaches get suspended for yelling at umpires uh, in an eight-year-old's baseball game? I'm not kidding. And like yelling them on, into the parking lot. And it's it sounds like madness and you don't think you'll ever see it, but you will. And it happens everywhere. And I, now listen, people are getting in fist fights at a youth football game at MetLife Stadium. That doesn't happen everywhere. But that is just one of the situations where it got out of control and someone felt so disrespected that they decided to go punch somebody I wouldn't do it, I really don't think I would, but like, I've gotten mad at other coaches before. It's not about the kids. It's about the other adults. And if you think the other adults are not conducting themselves with the right type of conduct or class or the constructive energy that the kids deserve, you say, come on, man, get your act together. What are you doing? And then they say, bleep you, go coach your team. And then it just gets out of control. And so what I'm saying is, I used to think that there was that was only for Neanderthals. It's not. It's for emotional, normal people who have a really bad moment and get out of control. And something about these impressionable young kids being out there and really trying to um, learn and exposing themselves to risk and, and, and hurt and emotion. Sports get crazy. Get absolutely nuts. Flint. You've got little kids, they do youth sports. Tell me you haven't seen some stuff where either the parents are over the line or the coaches are out of line. You've seen it, haven't you?
1: I've seen it. It's never uh, evolved into outright
0: fist fight,
1: but the kids notice yeah. it, and that's the disappointing part about it. Like when my nine-year-old has a game, and we'll be getting ready to go there on Saturday morning, and he'll look at the schedule and be like, Oh, that's the one where the other coaches yeah. like make up the cheers." Yep. And like when you're a coach and you're cheering on your team and like have like organized cheers, like you have to realize that that takes an effect and is noticed by the other team, who you're probably beating by a lot bigger score. Then you notice.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I've never, I've never seen punches either. Um, but I, I had one situation where a coach chirped at me pretty hard, and I, I chirped back like pretty reasonable. But then he's it just got out of hand fast. And to your point, the team doing the cheers in baseball—it's really strange because when I was growing up, you would do things like, "All right, easy out, easy out," like. That does not fly now, especially for like third graders. If a coach were to say easy out about a kid up at bat, it would be in the Huffington Post. Like it would be a whole thing and the parents would be so pissed. And uh, there's not a lot of chatter in the chants sometimes. Like like we some team that we were playing were like chants about we're gonna win and you're gonna lose. And we we're all like, whoa, like that's a little much. Like it's it gets crazy fast. So to put a cap on it, the punching and the fist fighting is absurd and I would never do it and have not seen it. But I've seen some I've seen coaches get suspended for a contact to, to referees and I've seen coaches even chirp at me who like I run a little hot but like I, I don't know. It's it's much more intense than you think when you get in there. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I'd, I'd,
1: I'd pay to see you on the sidelines. I also like one thing you said before, the yeah. seemingly reasonable parent, because all of a sudden, Tim, the guy from next door, who you've never said two words for, is there screaming and yep. he's got veins popping out of his neck. It's like, they just
0: Tim? I know. No, Tim can't relax. And like he's worried about Kevin out there, and Kevin's not getting the ball, and like he feels like Kevin's whole life is unfolding in front of him. It, it, it unravels fast. It's a very loaded topic. I hate that the kids were, the parents were punching each other, but in no way surprised. It'll happen again. I just hope I'm not around when it does.
1: Moving on. Last night you said the commanders were, quote, tedious, unexciting, boring, but they win. Well, on the KBP Twitter page, Jeremy Kasperson commented on that post with a list of his own things that are boring, yet successful. Okay. We're going to throw it up here in a second. All right. Uh, what do you make of Jeremy's list?
0: i like jeremy he's getting a whole tweet shout out jeremy uh with a looks like a don draper avatar let's get into this quickly he, he jumps right out and says iowa is boring but successful i have good experiences in iowa i can't i i grew up in illinois iowa is about a three hour drive the band slipknot is from iowa um i went to a bar called the union at the University of iowa is the first bar i ever went to with a fake id I literally ordered the drink Sex on the Beach, and ordered like five of them, and it was awesome. It was known as the biggest bar in the Big Ten, I think it's closed now. I don't, I, I don't have anything to say boring about Iowa, I mean look, I think a lot of the food of the nation comes from Iowa, maybe that's the effective part. Carhartt clothing, <laughs> Carhartt clothing, it's like the jackets and work pants and stuff, I don't know, I don't have any of that. The jean jacket works, it, it, is it boring? I feel like now if you wear a jean jacket, you're like, oh, look at you, you have a jean jacket on and everyone just can't wait to make their Canadian tuxedo jokes. I don't think it's boring. Vanilla ice cream is on his list of boring but successful. Remember we're comparing this all to the Washington Commanders. I think vanilla ice cream's awesome. I love it, it's delicious. My son, my same kid in uh, the youth sports, gonna be nine this weekend, lives for vanilla ice cream. And even Jeremy points out, vanilla ice cream's number one in sales. Like people just, it's a great base. I wouldn't have a scoop of vanilla in a bowl by itself, but it's an awesome base for toppings, for your syrup, for, you know, it's the middle of ice cream sandwiches. Vanilla ice cream is awesome. Next one, mayo. Jeremy alleges that mayo outsells ketchup by a large margin. Is that true in the United States? I can see that internationally for sure. And I was in Europe that earlier this month. You wouldn't believe the things they put mayo on. It's mayo and It's disgusting. I don't eat mayo. I have the kind of thing, like if I get a sandwich and I say no mayo and they put mayo in anyways, I won't eat it. I'm, I'm repulsed by mayo. But I can't believe it outsells ketchup in the United States. Maybe we could look that up. The Chevy Equinox is <laughs> boring but successful. I'm not sure what an Equinox is. I'm not a huge car guy. Costco pizza. Costco pizza is, is the bridesmaid always to the Costco hot dog, which famously stays at $1.50 no matter what and they won't raise it. So I've seen the Costco pizza, I've never had it. I've had Costco hot dog and it's great. So pizza, I guess, successful. And the last one's fascinating to me. Aren't plain M&Ms just crap? I hate plain M&Ms. You wanna talk about The Bridesmaid. Peanut M&Ms are a first ballot Hall of Fame candy. Just a perfect, delicious concoction sugar bomb. And M&M plain are just boring. They make you really thirsty. I can't stand them. So Jeremy, um, it's a really good list. And I might've been a little too hard saying that the Commanders are boring. I think it's mostly a Heineke thing. I mean, they have this really dynamic defensive line, and Terry McLaurin is exciting, and the rookie Brian Robinson. There's much more boring teams. I think maybe their results are boring. They're not the not the results. The means by which they get the results, the final scores, then they win 19 to 16 yesterday. You just don't see the commanders like, they're not the greatest show on turf, and they win 38 to 10 one week. It's gritty, ugly, a little boring, little Carhartt clothing. When I see the Commanders, I'm like, you know, they remind me of a Chevy Equinox, whatever the hell that is. Do you know what a Chevy Equinox is, Flynn? Get in here, I'm drowning on the Equinox. Does it sound like, is that a cool car to have? It sounds like something Michael Scott would drive. Yeah, it
1: does sound like something Michael Scott would drive. Uh, it's an SUV, is what a Google search Ah, oh, all right, well, how bad could it be? I, I can also uh, tell you the Google search on mayo outselling ketchup. Yeah. Uh, 2020 report from Euro Monitor, which tells me Uh it's in Europe, but this says it's Americans. Americans eat $2 billion worth of mayonnaise each year and only $800 million in ketchup.
0: What? That just tells me there's axe murderers in America putting (laughs) mayonnaise on French fries. What are you guys doing? Oh, man. All right, that's disgusting. But the mail talk makes my mouth start to dry up. Uh, but I love the Commanders, I really do. The Commanders have a fascinating thing. Their next two games are both against the New York Giants. They go back to back against the Giants, it's so weird. Giants by Giants. You just don't see that much. So I think the Giants are kind of cooked, they have too many injuries and they overachieved. I think the Commanders go in both of those games and then they're like, oh my gosh, the Commanders, I love them. Never mind that they're Carhartt jackets and Chevy Equinoxes, they win. Um, You got anything else, Flynn? What else you got? Is that it?
1: No, we we got one more thing. Oh, good. Uh, While a lot of people have turned to online shopping, Black Friday in-person is still a thing. The New York Post reporting that the items people bought more than anything were ovens, mattresses, and Yeti coolers. Kyle, do you do any Black Friday shopping?
0: Uh, Enough with the Yeti coolers. It's (laughs) those things cost $20,000 to put a six pack of beer in. And it's like, yeah, but they'll keep that six-pack cold for 12 years. I don't need it cold for 12 years. I have so many friends who have the Yeti coolers and the Yeti hats. And I was like, they're so expensive. And Yeti, God bless them. I love you. They have convinced people that they need to buy these things. And I, I, look, I still go with the styrofoam thing that I get at Sunoco for $8.99. And it breaks, but it holds the drinks I need to hold when I'm going to the tailgate or whatever the hell I'm going to. I cannot believe this Yeti thing. I do believe that the people were buying it on Black Friday because they need some kind of discount. They need one little poof of oxygen in the in the suffocating price of the Yeti coolers. I cannot believe what they have pulled off. You have to buy this $600 cooler. It's But people are like, sure, here's my money. I got to keep things cold. I mean, God, you guys, that, that's what you prioritize in life? The Yeti cooler? You could go with the 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 other but igloo for half the price. Look at this thing right here. I got an igloo right here with the Ultimate Warrior. This thing, even with with the Warrior stuff, is probably, I don't know, $50 maybe? And it doesn't have a price on it, so I got it for free. No, but I would, this is the Yeti thing. Believe me, I wish I, I want one so bad. Of course I want one. But then I go and I look at the price, I'm like, 12,000 bucks? What, what is this a is there a car inside this cooler so the Yeti things out of control the Black Friday thing I didn't do the Black Friday I, I was I was I went to the Rockettes I went to the bleepin Lego store in Manhattan I went to the um, the American girl doll store so I, I, I did like a, a whole black dark evil reality of being in these are stores you have to wait in line to get into like there is a line two blocks down from the Lego store and my wife doesn't mind waiting in lines. She, I saw it. I saw the line. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, you know, we'll go next time. You know, we'll try to catch him next week. Just seeing the line. She, she goes, what do you mean? Let's just get in line. I was like, we got to get in this line? How much can we pay the bouncer at the Lego store to skip the line? I mean, if I give him as much as it costs to buy the smallest Yeti cooler, do you think he'll let us in? Can we scalp tickets to the Lego store? Is there a stub hub to the Lego store? Can I cut? I'd risk everything just to, I don't want to wait in this line we waited in the line. They move pretty fast. But I don't buy a lot of stuff for, for, for Black Friday. I don't know, I'm just, I'm too busy. Flynn, are you a Black Friday guy? No, I was back in the day we would do it.
1: Uh, since having kids, I don't dare uh, do that. Never mind lines, just having to schlep them through the mall, it's impossible. It's the most unenviable thing I can possibly
0: imagine. Yeah, you got me at the word mall. I can't do that. Although, I think next year, there's going to be a Black Friday NFL game. If I I remember that right, they're going to change it. We're going to do our Thursday stuff, and then we're going to do our Friday stuff. And the NFL just wants to take over everything. So Black Friday game, it'll probably be like the Jaguars versus the Titans or something like that. But who cares? It'll be a game, and we'll watch it. And um, that's all we got. It's a great time hanging out with you, Flynn. I appreciate your contributions, and... um, We'll see you next time from God knows where in your house.
1: Yeah, we'll see. See you then.
0: All right, buddy. Flynn is just running from his family, depending on the school day or the vacation day. He's in the basement, he's like in the attic, he's in the crawl space, he's in the kitchen. You never know. But we do know that we end the show every day by throwing a dart. Let's go to the Sky Cam. If you're seeing your first ever Kyle Brandt's basement, this is Ben Wallace. He bricks free throws like I do to start the show but we use the dartboard to end the show, and there are currently 20 predetermined topics that I have not seen, let alone studied for. I'm gonna throw this dart, it's gonna hit one of those numbers, whatever the number is on the dartboard that it hits, it will be a topic that I go to, and I'll just give you something, I'll go over on the, uh, the old Peloton for a while. Here we go, and the number today is 17. Give me topic number 17, if you please. <sighs> Well, I was talking about um, European people eating mayonnaise. And um, that reminds me of Pulp Fiction, 1994. Vincent Vega has just returned from Amsterdam. And he talked to Jules Winfield about how, man, you know what they put on French fries? A set of ketchup, mayonnaise. I've seen them do it, man. They believe him drawing them in that stuff. But uh, I remember I saw Pulp Fiction 7.0 seven times in the theater when I was 15 years old and I just wanted to memorize every line because I was just so blown away by Tarantino and his writing and the actors and everything and I memorized you read the Bible Brett there's this passage I have memorized Ezekiel 25 17 the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the selfish and the tyranny of evil men blessed is he who shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness For best supporting actor but did not win as was often the case with so many awards that pulp fiction was nominated for Seminal movie in my life changed my life for real but guys you change my life every single day best i could do for you was uh fiction quote i hope you liked it talked a lot of stuff today we'll talk a lot tomorrow josh allen tuesday ahead of their game thursday second straight week playing a thursday we have to recap on the thanksgiving game and talk about all the stuff that he's been into Uh, Major League is the film that he watched as part of the Josh Allen Film Festival. We'll get into it all tomorrow. Do not miss the Tuesday show. Until then, thank you for joining the Monday show. Goodbye. Love you. Thank you. See you tomorrow.